Sending you a warm autumn welcome to the Breaking Script podcast with Lella and Nini. This is where we explore the glimmer-filled world of Hallmark movies and the occasional Asian drama. Our cinematic self-care sessions bring us even more joy this fall because we get to do this together with you. So let's get this therapeutic adventure started. Welcome back to the Breaking Script podcast with Lella and Nini. I'm Lella. And I'm Nini. And we just want to offer a big, warm, huge thank you to all of our wonderful feedback from those who love us. So I know you guys are biased, (laughs) but it has been a huge increase in both of our windows of tolerance for Mm -hmm. sure. Would you say that, Lala? Oh, for sure. All the detailed feedback. We've been in the green a whole lot more. I feel like maybe we need an official way of capturing this feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So be looking for that. And I have to say, one of the highlights for sure was my teenage son. I think after he listened to like the trailer and preview episode, he came to me and he was like, um, I think I kind of might be proud of you. <laughs> Aww. Oh, thank you. He's like, yeah, you like are actually putting in the work and taking notes on Hallmark movies and putting together a whole podcast. I was like, wow, guys, did you hear that, mamas? All you need to do is take notes on your Hallmark <laughs> movies and then your children will be proud of you. It was the sweetest thing ever. And I actually it was even sweeter after he listened to the first episode. He was like, and I was so proud of him because he was actually listening to it because he was working mm. out in the basement. So he's listening to it on the television because he doesn't have access otherwise. But he was like, I thought there was going to be more. I wish there were more episodes. Aww. I know. It was so sweet. So thank that. you to you all. Your feedback has been incredible. Keep them coming. Okay, Nini. With today's theme. Well, first, let me ask you a question. Okay. Are you are you a hiker? Are you a naturey hiking kind of person? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think I know laughing. the answer. <laughs> Why are you even asking me this? I mean, <laughs> hello, don't I look like an outdoorsy camper? I think deep, deep down inside, I really want to be. I know how healing nature can be. And in my mm. dreams, I like can hike 14ers. <laughs> <laughs> but I like have a hard time glamping. So how about yeah. you, Lola? <laughs> I am the same. I mean, I, I would not... I wouldn't say that I'm afraid of nature or that I don't enjoy it. Uh, I grew up wanting to camp like my whole life. Yes. I wanted to camp, but we had a family cottage and my parents were always like, why do you want to go camping? We have the cottage. Uh, And like, as a kid, I was like, it's a, it's a different thing. Now I, it's too far gone. I don't think I can start camping at Wait, this point in my life. back up, back up. Have you never slept in a tent outside? No, I have. Like, <clears throat> okay. our youth group used to do like one or two nights at a campsite that was, you know, like 20 minutes away <laughs> from where we lived. <laughs> Not okay. very far. Gotcha. Uh, so I did have some, but I don't really think that that's real camping. Because I think we people would go, do Tim Hortons runs and like bring. Oh my food. gosh! Yeah, it was it wasn't real. It wasn't real. Gotcha. So I never really had the full experience. 
Um, but again, I think I'm too far gone. Like if yeah. I if I haven't started camping by now, I don't know if I'm going to. I don't think so. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe and when I, you have kids, well, I'm not much of know. a hiker either. Um, partially because I really am afraid of getting lost. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> and because of today's movie, which we will get into, I thought we could take this moment and educate ourselves for all of oh. you hikers or non-hikers out there, what you should do <laughs> if you're ever hiking and you get lost. Actually, real story. We know somebody who got lost for like days and they survived. But like, are you serious? Yeah, I, I that's I don't know much more of the details, but I know she's alive to tell the story of it. So maybe she read this. <laughs> maybe she read these tips. But this is from the U.S. government. OK, oh from the F- Forest Service, Forest and Grassland Services, I guess, of America. And basically, if you ever get lost, they say the most important tool is keeping a positive mental attitude. Which is surprising because I thought it would be something else. But so everyone, when you're going hiking, make sure you have a positive mental attitude. You are supposed to stop. You're supposed to think, observe, and then make a plan. So that's like what their their high level of tips are. But here are some real self-rescue tips. So they say you should stop and rest when you start to feel tired. Your body can't hike hard and digest food at the same time. I had no idea. That was that's okay. very interesting. So it says to rest <laughs> in the shade for 30 minutes when you stop to eat. If you are still tired after 30 minutes, continue to rest. This is just good life advice, actually. <laughs> Seriously. Um, make sure to drink enough water to avoid dehydration, obviously. Um, <laughs> this one is interesting. Stop and fix small problems while they are still small. This is life advice. If you ignore your body and keep pushing, the pain or illness will only get worse and make recovery more difficult. Wow. That's powerful stuff. Um, and then avoid hiking between 10 and 4 PM on hot days, 10 AM and 4 PM. So if you're on a trail between those hours, find a shady spot, stay there until the temperature cools down, adjust your hiking pace to a comfortable uh, speed that you can maintain. Um, and that my friends is how you survive. If you get lost <laughs> in the forest <laughs> read from a government website by a non hiker. Exactly. You're and welcome. a non American. <laughs> I just can't even, I just wanted to bust out laughing the entire time you're reading that. I love it, but seriously, important life advice there. And that leads us into today's movie, which you will learn more about why those tips are important. Today's movie is Retreat to You. Yes. I have a huge disclaimer before I introduce (laughs) this movie even more. And I'm so glad that Lala went all into that because if you watch the preview for this movie, you would have no idea why Lala gave that whole intro and how she would (laughs) this would be connected to this movie because when I watched the preview, I was inspired. There was a horse and I wanted to share about my horse therapy experience, which was incredibly profound. I highly recommend, but alas, to my incredible disappointment, there was none of that in this movie. We will (laughs) save my horse fit for another time. There was one horse in this movie. (laughs) In today's movie, 
Retreat to You, which just premiered September 23rd, 2023. So it's part of the Fall into Love premieres of the Hallmark movies, starring Amelia Ullerup as Abby and Peter Mooney as Sean. And for the full effect, prepare yourselves. This is not a short summary. I'm pretty passionate about this. There's a reason why this is so long. All right, are you ready? Let's do this. This movie opens on stunning mountain vistas as Abby gazes pensively out of the passenger window of a car. A daydream sweeps her back into her high school dance where she's watching her ex-boyfriend as of two days ago, Dylan, dance with another girl. But then Abby's best friend Sean appears, joking that they should ditch the slam event to grab milkshakes instead. She tells him, you read my mind. These two are so close they have an inside joke about sharing telepathic abilities. Zoom back to the present day Abby in the car where self-proclaimed realist and not a cynic, she's reluctantly heading to an adult wellness wilderness retreat with her bubbly bestie, Rachel. And when Rachel says this getaway will reduce her stress, the realist Abby, who is a public defender in LA, snaps back, but I like my stress levels. They keep me alive. And no realer phrase has been said. To bribe the cynical Abby into going with a more positive attitude and not to talk about work at all, Rachel offers contraband candy, instructing her friend to hide it in her underwear since outside food isn't allowed. With Abby's love tank filled thanks to the gift of candy, she agrees to be more positive about this cringy summer camp for adults thing, also because she thinks it's to help Rachel post-breakup. Pulling up to a majestic scenic mountain resort, the girls are greeted by a very hot-to-them chef named Mason who offers them smoothies. Chef Mason is our token Asian-American, not lead. Rachel immediately crushes on this handsome stranger. They meet Randy, the hyper-enthusiastic retreat director who should be a cruise director, who declares this will be the best week of their lives. Rachel reveals she tricked Abby into coming to this retreat, leading her to think that she desperately needed self-care after her breakup, but really it was for Abby's self-care. A reluctant Abby admits that is actually the nicest thing anyone's ever done for her. At the orientation meeting, Abby instantly spots a familiar face her former high school best friend forever, Sean, is there. Much later, when Rachel asks about this monster, as Abby describes him now, she explains that Sean mysteriously bailed on their pack to travel Europe together after high school graduation. They'd been planning this trip ever since they were 11 years old, and she hasn't spoken to him in 17 years. After the comically named nourishment gatherings, aka mealtimes, are explained, a gong is sounded and the wellness activities begin. Sean approaches Rachel, explaining he's excited to see Abby, though she's clearly avoiding him. Rachel urges her to find out why Sean stood her up all those years ago, but the stubborn Abby insists he's a jerk and that's that she wants to keep her distance. But Sean signed up for horseback riding and Rachel signed them up for that too. So they all go for a trail ride and the entire horse experience lasts for an entire two minutes of this 70 minute made for TV movie. The next morning, Rachel presents Abby with the provided all organic paleo breakfast which is literally a box of bacon. Apparently there's so much bacon, Abby is still eating the bacon while watching and not participating in the ropes course activity. Abby sits on the sidelines while questioning if Sean actually conquered his fear of heights. But when he gets stuck midair, Abby quickly jumps into action to rescue him against company policy because it's not meant to support two people. And he reveals he only signed up for the rope course to be with Abby because she's been avoiding him. He's still stuck in fear as Abby comes up behind him to help on the ropes course. But she just jokes, if we fall, we can see for millions and suddenly he's unstuck. 
Forget trauma therapy. Abby's got powerful jokes. The group moves on to the next ropes course while Sean and Abby decide to do something else and suddenly can pick up where they left off in high school and resume with all their inside jokes. Rachel urges the stubborn Abby again to find out why Sean mysteriously disappeared after high school, but Abby still remains adamant that he's a jerk who doesn't deserve the chance to explain. After a series of activities that Abby does not engage in with Rachel, but instead jokes with Sean on the side, Sean invites Abby for a sunset hike, and Abby agrees only to get out of a talking circle with Rachel and strangers. The compromise is that Abby will get Sean's side of the story and then spend the next day with Rachel. Abby and Sean discover what could potentially be the same green screen behind a bench slash ridge in Roadhouse Romance, just with different fake trees and zero fall feels. As they take in the beautiful view with some kind of stream and a valley surrounded by evergreen trees, an incredulous Abby asks, why didn't he show up all those years ago and left her alone at that bus station? Sean asks, did you seriously not know I was in love with you? Abby is shocked and says, why didn't you tell me if you had told me you might have liked the response? And they kiss already, like super passionately for a Hallmark kiss. Like they go back in for more as the camera pans out of this not so autumn feel scenery fall into love movie. They lay in front of the same bench on a picnic blanket until it's dark and proceed to be lost in the woods for two nights. You guys, that's the entire movie. I might as well stop the summary here, but then my grumpiness would not be validated. Back at the retreat, Rachel gets cozy with Chef Mason, who offers to share his special apple cider recipe as they gather around the campfire for scary stories. But Rachel grows worried as Sean and Abby still remain missing. Using his survivor skills gained only by watching every episode of Survivor, Sean successfully and quite easily starts a fire. Abby discovers the fruit snacks and candy that Rachel gave her as she that she proceeded to hide in her clothes. So Sean and Abby sleep in the woods, and when Abby goes to wake Sean up in the morning, he says, just five more minutes, Bridgie. Who is Bridgie? We find out she is a high school classmate, the cool popular cheerleader that Abby and Sean hated in high school. Abby asks if she's now the other woman. Sean looks guilty. Meanwhile, in the retreat kitchen, Chef Mason offers Rachel a gluten-free and vegan cinnamon roll. That's what he will be teaching her to make in the one-on-one -on -one cooking lessons that day. But Rachel is panicking because Abby is still gone and she even missed a meal. They go to Sean's room to look for both Abby and Sean, but of course we know no one is there because back in the woods, Sean is explaining that he and Bridgie did date, but they broke up and now Abby is afraid she's just the rebound. They argue, Abby leaves without Sean because he thinks they should stay put. Abby walks off on her own and leaves candy wrappers as a trail everywhere she goes and hopes someone will find them. Sean hears weird sounds while he's trying to start another fire and reunites with Abby because he hears her scream as she rolls down a hill and face plants and proceeds to get a retreat activity reminder for her spa appointment and mud bath on her cell phone that has had no reception. Back in the nourishment gathering room, Rachel of course does not comply with director Randy's request for her to wait for the professionals to send out a search party and creates her own search party with Chef Mason and a really cringy married couple at this retreat. They go out to that beautiful ridge lookout viewpoint that has no fall feels and they look for clues and lo and behold, Rachel finds Abby's candy wrapper. But what? It's unopened and Abby would never leave uneaten candy behind so it means she's probably definitely dead. Chef Mason lies to Rachel, assuring her that there's no bears in these woods, so Abby is definitely not dead. That's when we see Abby and Sean fishing. That's when we see Abby and Sean fishing with a shirt, and we find out that when Sean became a vet, he also became vegetarian. So he doesn't eat anything with a face and is also very passionate about not littering. 
They get in a fight and Abby brings out how upset she was that his mother was the one that had to tell Abby that Sean wasn't showing up the day that he abandoned her. Sean says his mom was always right and that's how we find out that Sean's mom passed four months ago and that's the reason he's on this retreat and also why he broke up with Gritchie. They reminisce together that Sean's mom was so full of life and sure of herself. Abby confesses she has a bad attitude and isolates herself. Sean says it's not a bad attitude, you've just always been a cynic and a realist because you had to because of your mom. Back with Rachel and Chef Mason's rescue party, who are made to abandon the search by Randy, we learn that Chef Mason's parents were hippie therapists and Rachel's parents were an accountant and an insurance adjuster. Mason stays with Rachel to keep looking and it's after heavy rain starts that Rachel finds another empty candy wrapper and takes it as proof of life. We have hope Abby is still alive. Sean and Abby are still lost, so they prepare to spend another night in the woods. Abby hurts her ankle and can't walk and of course that's when it starts heavy downpour raining. She's really scared they will die in the woods sean makes a lean-to again thanks to survivor and they're snuggled cozy inside sean confesses that he saw dylan kissing abby the day he left her at the bus stop that's why he didn't show and then abby ignored all his phone calls and burned all his letters she was so mad at herself for missing sean so much sean was so happy to hear she missed him every day and they kiss again kiss number two they wake up to sounds of something in the forest it's rachel and chef mason who have been searching all night together their girls catch up as BFS would about Rachel and the hot chef and Abby and I think this time you should think with your heart and not your head about Sean. But Abby is resistant. And back at the retreat center, Abby and Sean have their final DTR about what's next. Conflicted Abby insists long distance romance can't work so she pushes Sean away. He doesn't fight for her again. Rachel goes looking for Sean, but Sean is gone again. Abby signs the girls up for a talking circle to make Rachel happy that's followed by a fancy dinner under the stars. Rachel tells Abby Sean left and Abby is shocked. Rachel tells Abby Sean left and Abby is shocked and that's when Rachel confesses that Abby has a wall up where people have a hard time knowing where they stand. She has a defense wall mechanism where she seems like she's always having a bad time. Abby cries and apologizes and realizes she has to be the one to reach out to Sean but Sean ignores Abby's call. Abby shares in the talking circle and it's so touching and the movie ends with a surprise themed dinner dance that's basically created for Abby that Rachel puts on. Just like their high school dance complete with butterfly clips from the lost and found because this wilderness retreat used to be a summer camp, Abby walks into the dinner dance and there's an epic parting of the crowd and who does Abby see at the end of that crowd? It's Sean and they dance the night away. Chef Mason's sweeps Rachel off her feet by offering to teach her how to make pizza from scratch. Sean decides to move to LA for Abby. They end with an I love you. He replies with I know. And what we think is the final Hallmark ending kiss complete with a flashback of a high school Abby and Sean. But then there's an I love you too. And another kiss put me out of my misery. Please be the end. Can I tell you how I feel about this movie? That was so good. You're so good at the summaries. (laughs) I made this one long because it made me so grumpy. Let's just go into the ratings and get after it. Here's the point of our show where we break down our ratings in four different categories. So it is each one is out of 10 bobas. We have writing, characters, how funny it was, and our overall rating. So what did you give the writing? I didn't even want to step foot into the boba shop. I didn't want to give it any bobas. <laughs> but I gave it a three. Whoa. Because it has Amelia Ularup in it. And I love her a lot. 
And I really loved the concept of a wellness retreat story. Mm, yeah. I wanted sure. one. It brought me so much joy. And that's probably why I'm so grumpy because it made me so angry. And that's it. Yeah. It's a zero to a three. It's rough. Wow. I don't like it. Okay. I I feel like I'm a hard rater, but sometimes <laughs> maybe I'm just like totally off. I gave it a five. Oh. I didn't like it either. Maybe I rated it too high. Um, but I will say this. Okay. I it it had the makings of a good movie, right? Yes. I loved the wellness retreat. I loved how it opened. And then basically the first half was good. But that's literally generous. when they <laughs> kissed, it was so early on that part of uh-huh. me was like, is is it over? Is this movie? <laughs> We're done. Like, yeah. Because I'm like, what more can happen? Right. And to that point, nothing, nothing more happened. Yeah, nothing so, happened. <laughs> so my, my note is that I really wish they just prolonged the chemistry. Like I wish 100%. they didn't kiss so early yep. and that something else happened. And there was like some type of crescendo to the end um, but it just felt, yeah, the second half was kind of a dud for me. A hundred percent. We'll okay. get into more of that with Oi with the Poodles. Okay. I'm holding characters. myself back here. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Characters. What is your character rating? I decided to be generous here. Mm. And I gave five bobas for everyone because I felt like they did the best they could with what they had, which what they had was nothing. Mm. (laughs) And except for the fact that with the nothing that they had, I felt like Amelia did an incredible job delivering. I just Mm. love her so much. Did you know that she speaks English, Danish and Vietnamese? What? Her dad is a decorated Danish ambassador in Vietnam or was, it was a diplomat. And so she actually, she's a, she doesn't live in the United States of America or Canada. She lives in Denmark and she travels. Yeah. She has such a strong Canadian accent to me. She took on her first acting um, in Vancouver. She wow. was Brie in Chesapeake Shores, which shout out to the Chessies out there. I actually mm-hmm. did watch all of Chesapeake Shores. I loved the family dynamics. It was something that helped me process. She is like the free spirit sister named Brie in Chesapeake Shores. And so I just like, I'm someone who, you know, I was so like type A, I'm INTJ, like I'm all about performance, you know, mm-hmm. the recovering people please are perfectionist that her free spirit, like I need to be around more free spirit people. <laughs> Mm. to impart that to me so anyways that's a long explanation for they should have gotten a zero but Amelia herself gets an 8.3 just for delivery because I love her so much she speaks uh, Vietnamese I gave it a six also because Uh-oh. I just felt like it was relatively middle of the road I have no like yeah I just I felt like it was a it was a six and that's probably being generous it is because I didn't really care what happened to the characters yeah, you're right. Okay. How funny was this to you? It was zero. There were zero laughs. I mean, some of the mm. deliveries was funny. I think the the thing, the only thing I LOL'd at was when the Asian guy said that 
he was a boy scout and always be prepared but <laughs> He really was always be prepared because he'd seen taken 50 times. And I was like, that's like the most that, thing you could possibly say. Yeah, that would that was hilarious. The fact that he was prepared because he saw taken, which I was like, eh, it, it doesn't matter. That was that's just like we'll talk about that in an Asian yeah. show. Okay. Um, how funny was it? I said four. I thought there were some funny, oh. funny one liners like. Okay, I really didn't like Randy, but then there's part of me that also <laughs> did kind of like Randy. Um, but I thought the fact that he writes spooky stories about the ghost of a railway tycoon who, that haunts Jeff Bezos, <laughs> it's just so random, random and so funny. Yeah. Uh, so there was like these tiny snippets of like, oh, that was, You're right. you know, that was funny. You're right. You're right. It was, but, but I was I so angry. <laughs> yeah I, I take it out of the negatives for me I definitely wasn't like laughing the whole time you know this wasn't for one sure. of those hilarious shows or hilarious movies um okay so the overall my overall rating then for this movie was a five very middle of the road okay what was yours <laughs> <laughs> So the first time I watched this, I was like, okay, do I not like this movie because I'm grumpy because of outside circumstances? That's yeah. what I thought the first time. And then I watched it the second time to do the summary. And I was like, nope, it's just bad. This movie proved that it wasn't always a trauma response that I was falling asleep during Hallmark movies. There are <laughs> some that are just truly terrible. I Actually, am still me deep inside. No, that's so funny. I watched this twice as well. Um, and I actually liked it less the second time. <laughs> like I, I really, I don't know. It just wasn't interesting. No. After that, that second half, I'm just like, nothing happens in this movie. Nothing happens. Absolutely nothing happens. But then wait, guys, there's more, especially because this is the perfect example of what you see is not what you get with a Hallmark mm -hmm. movie. Like I cannot tell you how many times you watch the preview and I'm like, this is nothing that the preview gave me a preview of. <laughs> it's confusing because I thought I was getting like a wellness retreat horse movie. And then I was <laughs> even more annoyed with myself at how long the summary was. And then I was extra, extra, extra irked that I ended up with a really profound message to share at the end of reviewing all this content, which you will have to wait for at the end of the episode. I was so mad I wanted to give it a three and then I became generous and, oh no, I was so mad I wanted to give it a zero and I became generous <laughs> and gave it a three. Uh, that's hilarious. That's where I am. All right. So let's start breaking it down then. We have four segments. The first is what's love got to do with it, where we do glimmers, what we love. This is where we break script, breaking down romantic and family relationships. What do you got for us, Lala? Mm, not much. <laughs> uh, the glimmers. I'll start with the glimmers. So, okay. Peter Mooney, who plays Sean, yes. is obviously Canadian. Are we surprised yes. at this point? Um, no. But I originally knew him from the show called Rookie Blue. I love Rookie Blue. Yes. What you know, Rookie Blue? Why wouldn't I? Because it was Canadian. <laughs> I just feel like, and it was I based in Toronto. That. Yeah. So like the whole thing was that, um, 
Rookie Blue was based in Toronto and it was like a Law and Order-esque show that instead of being like a New York or Chicago or an LA, like it actually was based oh. in Toronto, which is so rare. Um, I missed never, that detail. <laughs> yeah, we never, there's no shows. It's very rare to have a show that's, you know, it'll be filmed in Toronto, but it's always trying to portray somewhere else. Gotcha. Anyways, that show just stopped. They just stopped making it abruptly, but I really loved that show and I really liked him. So I was happy to see him again. That was great. Um, yeah. So I really liked him. I love the idea of the adult summer camp, the wellness retreat. Like, yes. Up. I would yes. love to do something like that. Exactly. And the setting was really pretty. So at the beginning, I was like really excited for the yes. idea of this. Um, let down, but I would love to go to an adult summer camp, actually. <laughs> exactly. Do you ever follow Jen Hatmaker? Mm-mm. She started, she's an author, well-known speaker, and she started this concept called Me Camp, where like every summer, at least once a year, she goes away like for a month by herself. Whoa. And like goes and explores, meets with strangers, has dinner with them. Like it's brilliant. I love it. Yes, please. Wow. I, I literally a year ago at this time, I was calling around asking people like for suggestions for a wilderness wellness retreat, almost exactly like this. <laughs> I had huge glimmers for like the anticipation for watching the movie, and then was like yeah. quickly let down. So that's another section we got to move on with. Let's got what love's got to do with it. But I just. <laughs> There's no glimmers. Let's break down the romantic and family relationships. Like one of the quotes from one of the other retreat attendees is all we know about Abby is she likes food and is a little scary. <laughs> I feel like that informs so much, too much about her yeah. relationships, which I felt like made the characters really hard to break down. Yes. Um, Right? Because it's like, it's cute, but then in real life, some of this would be highly, incredibly toxic. And I don't yes. know what to do with this information. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I feel. She was, I, I, I mean, she was just in general, like a very guarded individual. And even her relationship with Sean was so up and down. They yes. would kiss and then they would fight. And then it was... Yes. <laughs> I this like, is so volatile yeah <laughs> why are you guys why is this our leading romantic couple here I wanted to send them to their own corners and be like yeah. no and even even Abby's relationship with Rachel like at first it was like oh Mm. Like Rachel's the friend that Abby has where she knows what Abby needs before Abby knows it herself. Like that seems mm. so sweet. And I did have a little bit of a glimmer because then it reminded me of a friend of mine. Like, mm -hmm. come on, what friend to have a friend that would lie to you in order to get you to slow down. Yeah. But then not only that, she packs her favorite snacks. So like the first few minutes when yeah. she did that, I was like, Oh, and did you hear the sound that Abby makes when she finds candy? Like there's two times where she has this, she finds the snacks and she does this. <gasps> <laughs> this is a glimmer. It made me LOL because yeah. I do that. <laughs> yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> I know. 
and so does uh, and my I daughter. just have to tell you uh, well so yeah. does your brother <laughs> wait what he does that and we'll be driving and I'll what? be the one driving he'll be like <gasps> I'll be like, don't do that. Stop it. <laughs> exactly what it comes up is in the car. We have to intentionally be very aware not to do it because it scares everyone in the car and it could potentially cause a car accident. That's how <laughs> intense the sound is because everyone <laughs> automatically goes, what's wrong? I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It does. It runs in the family. I didn't realize my brother makes that sound. Um, anyways, I love that she makes that sound when she discovers the snacks. I felt very seen because uh, food definitely is like a sixth love language for me. Because, yeah, <laughs> I want the organic retreat with wellness activities and organic, all the paleo, whatever you want, vegan foods. But, yes, I'll be bringing my favorite junkie snacks, too. Exactly. And so it just reminded me, though, their friendship reminded me of this friend. That was a thought I didn't finish. I had this mentor tell me one time how shocked she was at how emotionally constipated our family was. And I told my brother <laughs> this and he's like, uh, you can't be emotionally constipated if you just like are void of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so true. And exactly what Abby said, maybe this is a trigger for me because it's too real to life where she was like, I like my stress levels exactly where they are. They help me feel alive. <laughs> When I started doing so much work, it wasn't until like this last year that I had an even larger epiphany of how much my entire life has been run like by a part of me that is fueled by fear and anxiety. And it felt like if I didn't let that lead me, then I wasn't being a responsible adult. Mm, wow. So that was a huge realization. And I needed to have this safe friend who, when I was emotionally constipated and stuck in that place, her face is literally what I picture when I need to cry. Like if I feel stuck and I can't cry, I'll picture her face wow. and I immediately like start crying or like, wow. especially during COVID, like I think it affected all of us in different ways, just being so isolated. Yeah. But I'll never forget the first time I FaceTimed her after a really long time. It totally surprised me. Like just immediately seeing her face, just like elicited tears. She knows wow. who she is. I'm so grateful for her. But anyways, that was probably the only like within the first five, maybe 10 minutes of the movie, I had these glimmers. It made, made me happy. But then I realized this is an incredibly unhealthy friendship. Like one-sided, she constantly has her walls up, like pushing yeah. people away. Incredibly volatile. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Don't go chasing waterfalls. I, yeah, unhealthy behaviors and coping mechanisms is what we discuss here. What do you have for this? Okay, Nini, do you think that Abby is really a realist or do you think she's a cynic? Because. No, yeah. She's more than a cynic. She is yes. like a ball of self-sabotage. There's some toxicity there. Because the destruction isn't just herself. She's kind of like mm. passing it around a little bit. I have so. the definitions here of a realist and a cynic for anyone oh. that is interested. Because I was thinking about this. And I, I think that probably cynics think they're realists. And maybe realists think they're cynics. <laughs> you never know. Oh, so okay. A realist is someone who sees things as they are and tries to understand the world in a practical and objective way. They base their beliefs and decisions on the facts and evidence. 
um, which I understand why Abby would think that being a public defender. They tend to be optimistic, which Abby does not seem optimistic, but they seem to be optimistic when evidence support it, but they are also prepared to face challenges realistically. They do believe in the possibility of positive outcomes through hard work and sensible choices. But a cynic, on the other hand, is someone who tends to have a negative or distrustful view of people and situations. They often assume the worst about other motivations and believe that people are generally self-interested or dishonest. That kind of sounds like the theme that we were seeing. Cynics 100%. may be skeptical of positive intentions and outcomes, expecting disappointment or failure. And they often have a pessimistic pessimistic outlook. And this reminds me of the fact when uh, they were at the orientation and she immediately says that Sean was a monster. <laughs> yes. Like just so negative right out of the gate. Um, yeah. Doesn't believe that there could have been any other reason why he didn't meet up with her aside from the fact that he's just absolutely a monster. So in short, realists look at the world objectively and seek practical solutions while cynics tend to be distrustful and expect negative outcomes. Um, she's totally a cynic. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I have to bring in a nurturing voice here because I can relate. I can definitely say in my teenage years, in my early 20s, I was 100% a cynic. And that comes mm. from a place of if you've experienced um, avoidant type attachments growing up or um, just certain, I think certain religious communities can develop that type of where you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm. Um, and so I can relate to that. Um, and then in my early 20s, well, I was 20, I got into social marketing, which made the pendulum swing over to toxic positivity, but let's not get on that soapbox because <laughs> then I won't get off. Don't at me. I still love positive psychology, but there's a difference <laughs> with toxic positivity, but I feel like for those of you who relate to maybe that cynic is a little triggering because it you can relate to it be kind mm -hmm. to yourself because it does yeah. come because of trauma um but the thing is to be to get to a place where you can be aware and she does somewhat at the end yes I think, you know <laughs> but I still was so angry I just didn't care <laughs> so I also was thinking I don't know if I would want my lawyer to be a cynic <laughs> I want that true to believe in me and believe in the positive outcomes. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change gears a little bit. And I want to talk about Bart and Barb. Ugh. Did you <laughs> notice I like it? I mentioned them once in my summary. Well, I just have to mention them because to me, this is what this is like the poster <laughs> of what I do not want my marriage to ever look like. <laughs> Um, they go to this retreat every time their marriage gets rocky, like how many, and they've been on several, like how many retreats do they need to go on in order to realize like, it's clearly not working. Yeah. Like these retreats are not working. What about their marriage therapy? <laughs> something else. considered that? <laughs> Try something else, folks. I, I felt like they're, those characters what are, I don't even remember their names because I was so angry and grumpy. Bart and Barb and... Yeah. 
cruise director. Oh, Randy. <laughs> I just, they were so tropey, but I was like, if you didn't have those ridiculous tropey characters, I wouldn't have been able to probably, it went, It kept my attention somewhat because it was so ludicrous. Yes, it was, it was, wait, that actually, you're right. It was really tropey and it just felt, again, like there wasn't much substance. I'm not trying yeah. to say there was no thought put into this movie, but it just yeah. felt like they copy and pasted, you know, like yeah. it, it wasn't unique to the storyline. It wasn't unique in general. Um, but they're a good reminder why you want to communicate, why you want to work <laughs> on your marriage. There's so much underlying passive aggression or and not so much passive aggression, just like clear dislike for one another um yeah like should they consider throwing in the towel at that point like i don't be done it was so strange i couldn't make sense of it i just i was done when abby confesses she has a bad attitude and that she isolates herself actually you know what i think it started when bridgie was brought up and I was so mm. shocked that Sean actually compared Bridgie and Abby. Like, he basically said something to the effect of, like, well, at least Bridgie grew up and was a nice human adult mm. and doesn't have to made, make snide remarks. And that's when they start talking mm. about, like, Abby's cynicism. And it was just so, like, shocking, which I understand. Yeah. No judgment. It probably happens in relationships where you say something really extreme that you don't mean. But the volatility of how quickly they went back and forth, because then like at one point she calls Sean a coward and then immediately like he talks about his mom. She's like, I don't know why I called you a coward. And I was like, but what? It didn't change because of the new information, like Mm. that extremeness. And then it's like, it just wasn't written well enough. Like the characters weren't developed in such a way that you could have yeah. like clarity. But when Sean says, when I have to be strong, it's Abby's voice that he hears in his head. Yeah, that I was just, a little much. I, I felt like, that. okay, I guess you could, you could, you know, put that, spin that in a way where it's like, oh, it, he, she was so supportive. That's who he hears in his head. But then it was like, this is a weird, is this a weird codependency thing? <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I couldn't do it. I'm ready to move on. Are you? Go ahead. <laughs> Oi, with the poodles already. I feel like my entire mood, everything I've been saying comes from this section. You could have just put it all in this category where it's like plot holes, continuity, continuity issues, the way it was, mm-hmm. what I didn't like. I don't know if you could tell. I already didn't like this whole movie. It was a fall into love movie with zero fall feels. (laughs) If you're going to give me a lifestyle wilderness retreat, I want a retreat. I want more horses. I want more activities. And everybody knows it's hiking 101 from people who don't even hike. You have to stay on the trail. Nobody (laughs) was on any trails. (laughs) I was so annoyed. And then Sean face plants on the ground and says, I don't go hiking much, but he was on a flat ground. You guys, like there was no, it's not like he tripped over a rock or a tree trunk. Like it was just flat ground. And then, and then Abby does the same 
she, she like she rolls down and face face plants into mud. You guys, I'm so angry. I'm I know. tripping over my words. It just was there was so much ridiculousness. Like she's leaving candy wrapper trails after a storm. Like that thing's gonna be buried. And an yeah. empty candy wrapper could also mean raccoons or bears. <laughs> I'm just oh my gosh. I'm so angry. Right. <laughs> like it made me well, so grumpy. I agree. And I along those lines, I was like, in what world? two campers go missing and you don't call the yes. authorities like right typically they have helicopters they have search parties like they were gone for 24 hours and randy was like don't worry like i'll handle it and like did no. nothing that was a little bit yeah not real life no um also the ropes course how could it not hold two people <laughs> That's not legal. That has that would not be legal. Come on. I've literally gone. There are ropes courses so many places in in the GTA in the Toronto area, and you go up as groups. <laughs> like, what in the world exactly. is this made out of? Like dental floss. Like, <laughs> why can't someone else go up there? It just yeah, that was a no. little bit yeah. No, uh, I have a couple. Okay nourishment gatherings gave me the ick yeah, like gross no. it's like you might as well say moist yuck I was just <laughs> saying that no never I will never say that um another thing I had which is so random I don't know why I like I get so fixated on like the most minute details but the you know when Rachel is knocking on Sean's door to see if he th- if he's there like when when he's gone missing or whatever yeah and the door is open well one there was like a deadbolt lock on the door oh. with like a key okay and okay one at a hotel that would never yeah they don't use like keys and they were able to just like open the door like it was clearly a boardroom <laughs> yeah, is what yeah. i'm trying to say yeah. they were pretending that a boardroom was right. a hotel room yes and i was like you can't fool me <laughs> like just <laughs> why are, just go out you're clearly filming at a retreat center a hotel yeah like go yeah. outside a hotel room yeah anyways silly, i love it silly details i i'm like that too i just there were so many other things i couldn't list those i have one more big one for those mm-hmm. of you who feel activated and i'm putting you into the yellow or red zone of your traffic lights of tolerance you can skip this part Um, But hopefully this just provides humor for you to widen your window of tolerance. I have one big one. I was so happy that there was an Asian character. He wasn't a lead, but he still was like, you know. Yeah. Had a significant part. Yeah. He he was a second lead, a secondary lead. And actually had a love interest. Like a lot of times the secondary Asian lead doesn't have a love interest. And And out of the gate. Right. He, he he was out of the gate. He was the hot chef. Right. Very hot chef. <laughs> like we need to have a whole conversation about that on the next Asian American. You guys, just a heads up. We're going to introduce to you some Hallmark movies with Asian leads. It'll be like our gateway to on our way to reviewing <laughs> Asian dramas. But let me just say this. <clears throat> chef Mason 
tells Rachel that his parents are hippie therapists. <laughs> Guys, and he can't see my face. The Asian guy's parents are hippie therapists and the white girl's parents are insurance adjusters and an accountant. Like, <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> what world are we in? I'm sorry. Like, I apologize if I offend any Asians out there whose parents are hippie therapists. I don't mean <laughs> to offend. It's just not, you're just, it's just not what you're going to find as a general rule. Um, and he says that his parents weren't into cooking and he was tired of making chicken nuggets, so he decided to become a chef. But then he becomes the chef that throughout the movie, the only food he provides is a smoothie, a cider, <laughs> which <laughs> the special ingredient was nutmeg, which I'm pretty sure nutmeg is in most of those mulling spices. It's not special or a secret ingredient. And gluten-free vegan cinnamon rolls. I'm taking your Asian card. You are not a real Asian. Not only that, but at the very end, when these when this woman has been lost in the wilderness for two days, and the woman that you like helped to search for her with you in the woods for two days, and you're bringing them a reward. And you're saying, for the woman who survived the woods, and for the woman who saved her, and it's like so dramatic, what food, what sustenance, specialty does he offer these women? A single, thin, lame pancake. <laughs> I, no, no, you're not a real Asian. I'm sorry. The end. I'm done. Are we done with so this what you're <laughs> Yes. But so what you're saying is you weren't raised by hippies yourself, right? <laughs> I just can't even. I would, if, if any of you out there, Asian American. Asian Canadians, Asian Australian, Asians from the UK. If you have hippie therapist parents, I would love to meet them. Actually, that would probably be the highlight of my year. <laughs> if I could meet <laughs> Asian hippie therapists, it's just, it's like meeting a unicorn. Literally. It just, I don't think it exists. I don't think it's a real thing. Um, and the, we're all about our food. The level of joy that food brings me <laughs> Here we're going through a really tough season and I think my kids hadn't seen me smile in a while and it had been a long time since we had been to LA and that was like I don't know in the first few years where boiling crab had become really popular that's where um it's like this Viet Asian um fusion shrimp boil seafood boil it is like so addictive and we didn't have any in Kansas City yet. We have a couple copycats now. But I was so determined. I researched and researched different recipes <laughs> online. And I tried it a couple times. And you guys, I know all my kids, including my, I have some bonus kids who came to my house after school every day for years. The level of joy, I think I probably jumped yeah. up in the air like three to five feet they were like oh, what why are you so happy like they thought like something like huge had happened in my life and I was like no this recipe is spot on like the joy it brought me <laughs> my kids know how much joy food brings me so anyways we're done do we even have anything for Chayo fighting happily ever after what happens after the movie who we're rooting for uh you know 
I kind of think that this is where the road ends for this story. <laughs> do you want me to read what I wrote? I because do. If I wasn't angry already, they use the same ending song in the dance as they do for my most favorite ever Hallmark movie that we will be saving. It's called It Was Always You If You Need to Know. But this is what I wrote for the happily ever after. I just don't even care. I want to be done. The end. End of story. I didn't care what happened to any of the characters. Go home. Be free. Fly away. I love it. Pretty much that's how I feel. (laughs) But then. There's more. I do have some final thoughts. Okay. And this is what probably annoyed me the most. So. Sean says something after he shares that his mom passed about his perspective changing. And he says, the things I wasn't sure about couldn't stay. So for those of you, and this can't be taken as a blanket statement, but you'll know if this is for you. Because for those of you who are coming out of a season of self-doubt where you're questioning your own perception of reality because you've been through um, and a place where that you've been put in a position to make you doubt yourself. Let me tell you this. If you're in a decision-making position, I have learned this in the last year and excuse my language, especially my children who are listening, but it makes a point. If it's not a hundred percent, hell yes, then it's a no. That's mm-hmm. number one. And if you can believe it, I have one more. And this probably offended me the most. Rachel says to Abby, maybe this one time you should think with your heart and not your head. And you guys have to understand, I was doing the summary for this movie the same weekend that I'm in a brain spotting certification course where it teaches you that most of the healing happens when you start bottom up. So when you are doing the healing from your basically like your brain stem and your limbic system, because most of our traditional therapies, you start in your prefrontal cortex where you have your logic and your reasoning, but that's why we get stuck because your prefrontal cortex isn't connected to the rest of your body, your limbic system and your brainstem are. And so I remember the same friend that I feel so safe with. I can just picture her face and start crying because that's how safe I feel. She said to me one time, it sounds like you have so much clarity and freedom when your heart is clear, but then you start to think and you get in your head and you go into this swirl. And so when Rachel said that, that reminded me and I got so emotional and it made me realize like I've come so far. So for those of you who feel like you're stuck in your healing process, I promise you it will get better. If you do the work, it will change. I am a different person a year ago than I am today. And I'm so sorry, my dear friend, you know who you are. I know you're listening. I'm sorry you keep coming up with this lame movie. I'll make it up to you. You can pick a new (laughs) drama for us to review. And I will end with this because I feel like someone needs to hear this today. And this is what the movie taught me, even though it was such a lame movie. Don't be afraid to cry and don't be afraid to release your emotions. Don't apologize for crying because tears are cleansing. They will get the witchcraft and confusion out of your eyes. That is it. Well, thank you so much for breaking script with us today. Check out our show notes for how and when to watch these movies and be sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Bye. Bye. Ciao.